0: Today's episode is for you if you ever doubt your skills or abilities, or if you've ever felt like a fraud. One of the things I most see struggling soulpreneurs grapple with is this very phenomenon. And today we're going to break it down and offer you ways to overcome it. This is the Creative Soulpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Demas. Let's go. Okay, my friends, today we're talking about overcoming imposter syndrome. The big is, I-S, imposter syndrome. So do you ask yourself, who am I to, you can fill in that blank, or maybe you tell yourself stories like, I am too old, too young, too fat, too thin, I don't have enough money or The Right Connections, or I Don't Have the Degree, or maybe it manifests as comparisonitis. Stories like, I'll never be good as so-and-so. Do you sit on Instagram and scroll through those pictures and look at your quote-unquote competition and think, oh, I'm never going to have that. I'm never going to be as amazing as. Basically, you feel like a fraud. So today, what we're really talking about is owning your value, owning your worth. So according to research, around 70% of adults experience imposterism or imposter syndrome. And people with and who struggle with imposter syndrome believe that they're undeserving of their achievements. Or that they feel that they aren't competent or intelligent, as others might think. And that soon enough, people will discover the truth about them. Feel that way? Ever? Like, oh my gosh, the internet police are going to show up and they're going to (laughs) know. They're going to find me. Those with imposter syndrome actually are often the ones with the most knowledge. I'm going to repeat that those of you with imposter syndrome are often the ones that have the most knowledge. So there's something called the Dunning-Kruger effect. And it's a basically a cognitive bias whereby people with limited knowledge, limited knowledge, or competence greatly overestimate their own knowledge or competence. So you may be sitting out there going, well, How did that person do it when they don't have anywhere near the experience or the knowledge or the know-how or the talent or the skill that I do? Because they don't know that they don't. They don't know that they don't, and therefore, they don't question their own ability. How interesting is that? So if you are questioning your own ability, if you do ask yourself those questions, if you do at times feel like you're a fraud, then actually, you know what you're doing. How about that for a paradox? It's interesting because when one is well accomplished, sometimes calling attention to the success, it ironically can unleash even more feelings of imposter syndrome. And that can occur, you know, like when you're receiving an award, when you're giving a speech, when you've had a great lunch. It can also happen when you have failure after a a string of successes, which is painful it can cause you to critique and question your abilities. And it manifests itself in so many ways. So many ways. Self-doubt. I mean, the obvious. Self-doubt. But it can also manifest as, mm, do you procrastinate or never put yourself out there? Do you have an inability to realistically assess your competence and your skills? You're probably more skilled than you, than you give yourself credit for. Are you super sensitive to even constructive criticism? I know for me, when I was in the theater world, when I would get notes from producers when I was directing or as a writer from the director, I could be super sensitive. Now, I'm a sensitive person. So many of us solopreneurs are sensitive people to begin with. So add this layer on top of it, and it was as if I was being stabbed in the heart when I would receive criticism, even if it was constructive. Do you attribute your success to other people and things? Like, you can't actually take it on that you actually helped somebody. You actually did what you did. You you turn it, oh, oh, well, it wasn't really me. Oh, so-and-so really helped. Do you berate yourself after a performance or a live video or a launch? Or you agonize, agonize over the smallest flaws or mistakes? Maybe there's a fear you won't live up to expectations. You're an overachiever. You're sabotaging yourself. And that could be consciously or unconsciously. It's so interesting because I watch so many of my students unconsciously sabotage themselves. Self-doubt. Did I mention that? I think I mentioned self-doubt. It just keeps creeping in. It can be so subtle self-doubt. It just creeps right into your every thought or every third thought, every tenth thought. And maybe you set very challenging goals and feel disappointed when you fall short. Like, incredibly, I'm not going to say unrealistic, because who knows, but you set these goals and you make them mean something about you when you do not achieve them. And you downplay your own expertise, even in areas when you are more skilled, genuinely more skilled than others. And maybe you are the kind that overprepares. Overpreparing costs you time and money, my friends. There are five main types. Let's break them down, shall we? Five main types of imposter syndrome. And we all, of course, fit into various categories. You're not just one, but we all tend to have one major one that we fall into. The first is the perfectionist. Perfectionists are never satisfied and always feel like their work could be better. They fixate on flaws or little mistakes. Keeps them safe. And imposter syndrome in general can be really closely related to perfectionism because we feel a pressure to perform at 100% all the time, and when we don't, we feel incompetent and anxious, and it creates this very vicious circle. And it can lead to so much self-pressure, and as I said, that anxiety. And it may show up but you not putting yourself out there because it's not what perfect. Or I see this playing. Business instead of being in business. And by playing, I mean working on the perfect website or the perfect sales page before putting anything out there. Buying all the lighting equipment in the world because it's got to be perfect. That video has to be perfect before I put it out there. Anyone sensing themselves in this? Yeah. And then the second type is what I call the know it all. These are individuals who are always. Studying. Now, I want to say this I am a big fan of taking courses and I am a forever student. However, there is forever student and there is forever student and not putting oneself out there consequently. Because even though they are highly skilled, they underrate their expertise and so they take another course, they take another workshop. They can't actually accept that they're an expert. They take every course and every program out there, and they are a forever student rather than trusting their knowledge, their wisdom, and their intuition. And then the third type, the superhero. Because these people feel, I I almost said because I, which I'll get to in a second, because these individuals, these people feel inadequate, They push themselves as hard as possible. Sometimes working 100 hours a week trying to accomplish, trying to build a bigger business. But in that process, it leads to burnout. It can lead to chronic illness and disease. And I say I because here is the category that I fit in. In fact, my partner, Michael, calls me super yogi because he will see me overwork. And he's like, okay, super yogi. Okay, super yogi let's take a break. And he says it like that in a very tongue in cheek kind of way, because he's reminding me to practice what I preach. He's reminding me to sit still. He's reminding me that the work isn't always in the work and that it's actually a form of imposter syndrome of me not feeling enough. And then the fourth type is the first. People that are the first are, well, they set incredible goals for themselves, and then they feel crushed when they don't get it right or it doesn't blow through the roof on their very first try. And it manifests in my students a lot in, like, I won't go live on video because I won't be perfect the first time. When the reality is things always take practice, coming with a beginner's mindset, Allowing yourself to make the messy mistakes is actually part of the process. And not only is that part of the process, it's what your audience ironically loves from you. They don't want you to be perfect because they know they're not. And then when you can show that vulnerability, when you can show up unapologetically raw and uncomfortable, (laughs) they actually really like it. Nobody is perfect on the first try of anything. And then the fifth way in which I see it are what I call the soloists. You know, these are people that tend to be more introverted in general. They prefer to work alone. I prefer a team. Bring on the team. Thank God for my team. But these people prefer to work alone, which is fine. It's fine to be a somebody who likes to work alone. However, their self-worth comes from being productive. And they tend to think of asking for help, no matter who it's from, as a sign of weakness or incompetence. And the interesting thing about soloist is that when you go to the thesaurus and you look up soloist, you know what word is a synonym? A a synonym? (laughs) A synonym of soloist? Prima Donna. How interesting is that? And so I see it manifest in somebody that won't hire a VA or build their team. They often use the excuse of, I can't afford it, can't afford it, can't afford it, or nobody's going to do it as good as I do or in the way that I like it. You can't afford not to do it because you will burn out as a soloist and you can only build your business so far. So those are the five types of imposter syndrome, the main types. And again, we're all combinations, right? Perfectionist, know-it-all, superhero, first, soloist, we're all combinations, but we all have one primary. And I told you mine, you know, I have various versions of it. Yes, I have some perfectionism. And of course, the superhero, my super yogi is the big one The know-it-all used to be first when I was a kid, especially. I tell you mine, Because I think that it's vital that we share this. Part of the reason for imposter syndrome is because of our guru culture, which is bullshit. And part of it has been wrapped in this framework of be the authority. Well, I say be the authority, but not the authoritarian. Be the authority, not the authoritarian. You can be authoritative. You can stand in your power and you can tell your truth so that other people don't experience this imposter syndrome. If you're honest, they'll be honest and they won't necessarily feel like they can't live up to you because comparison is a huge part of this. And I want to remind everyone that you see those gurus, you see those authorities, you see them having such confidence. I'm never admitting to having any of these feelings. But let me say this, confidence does not equal competence. Confidence does not equal competence. And all this boils down to not feeling enough, not feeling enough, being in fear. And we all know what fear is, that acronym, false evidence appearing real. So how do we overcome this? Now that we've named it, now that we've called it out, Now that we've even said, hey, everyone experiences this. I don't care who you are. I don't care how big you are. I don't care what you do for a living. I don't care. You all experience this on some level. Some of us are just more honest than others. But how can we overcome it? There are several ways. We overcome this through mindset shift, through mindfulness Practices. This is why knowing thyself is so vital by shifting these beliefs, by moving out of false evidence appearing real and into a new belief system about ourselves. Because imposter syndrome shows up when we invent stories and decide that the stories are true. We decide these stories are true, even when it's false evidence appearing real. So I'm going to offer you six steps to help you overcome imposter syndrome. Here we go. Number one, focus on others. This feels counterintuitive. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. No. know. I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> but lean into your customers and your clients and those you most want to serve. It's not about you, boo. It's not about you. Ask yourself. And this is the question that I ask myself every single day. How can I best serve? How can I best serve others? Because when I take the focus off of me and put it onto them, my imposter can't show up. My imposter can't show up because I'm not making it about me and what I can or cannot do. I'm making it about what I can do for others and how I can help someone, one person today. Can I help one person today? So number one, focus on others. Number two, remember who you are. Remember who you are. Assess your abilities. Write down, take out a piece of paper and write down from as early as you can remember all of your achievements and your unique qualities. This will give you confidence. And this can be from the bowling trophy that you won in the second grade to the old lady you helped cross the street when you were a crossing guard in the sixth grade. Being lead in the school play, making the honor roll. These were all my accomplishments when I was a kid. <laughs> to professional wins. To where you worked from your first job all the way through and the skills that you learned and the talents that you have that are innate within you. To bringing a child in this world and seeing the amazing person that they've become. Write everything down because it all adds up. And if this sounds overwhelming, break it down to categories. From zero to 10, from 10 to 20, 20 to 30, and so on until you're almost 50 like me. And here's a bonus tip on this. Create a list of stories from that list. Write them down. What did you learn or overcome in each of them? And begin to share it with your audience. Begin to share it with your audience. Because when, again, you focus on them and not you, you can use your stories, but focus it on them. And the more that you own it, the more you talk about it, the more you own it. And that this is the, the, the crazy thing, right? The irony is that the more you own it, the more you talk about it, the less power it has over you because the more comfortable and confident you begin to feel. So then number three, lean in to the unknown. And that happens by taking baby steps. Don't focus on doing things perfectly, but rather doing it reasonably well. This is what we call messy action. And reward yourself for taking any action whatsoever. This is why in Real Stories That Sell, in Illumination, my post Real Stories That Sell group coaching program, we talk about our wins. No matter how big, our triumphs no matter how big or how small. People have heard me talk about this before, but when a baby begins to walk, we cheer the baby on. We say, oh, yes, 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 come, 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 yes, yes, yes. We don't say, oh my God, you just took a baby step. Well, you know, too bad it wasn't a leap. We honor the baby steps by leaning into this unknown world. And you have to question your thoughts. As you start to assess these abilities and take baby steps because of the confidence you're beginning to gain, you got to question whether your thoughts, these 1, 2, 10 that we talked about earlier, those thoughts that come in, are rational. Does it make sense that you're a fraud giving everything that you know? Question every single belief. Every belief. And then 4, stop comparing. I know, comparisonitis. Every time you compare yourself to someone else, you will find fault with yourself that fuels the feeling of not being good enough. We can always find something in somebody else that we like, admire, that we don't possess. Stop following people on social who trigger you. Yep, you heard me say it. Stop following people on social who trigger you. I don't even follow much of anyone. I have to say to my friends now, oh, yeah, I've kind of stopped. And here's why. Focus on being a leader, not a follower. Focus on being a leader, not a follower. Leaders don't compare. They don't compare in despair. They are too damn busy leading. Lead the pack. Number five, allow your feelings. Because even as I say this, even as I say, I'm out there being a leader, I do, of course, see some things. And, of course, there are times when I compare, but i got to allow those feelings. Don't fight the feelings. Lean in and accept them. It's only when you acknowledge the feeling, those core beliefs can be dismantled, the ones that are holding you back. Because you got to acknowledge, feel, no matter how uncomfortable those feelings are. Feel them and then let them pass through. We don't want to dwell. We don't want to wallow. We don't want to be a wallower in our feelings. But we also don't want a spiritual bypass. We don't want to ignore them because guess what? What we resist, persists. It'll come right back. So feel it. Allow it. Let it pass through. And then do what? Take action. And then six, remember your why. This is vital. Why did you start your business in the first place? Why? When you can remember your why and focus on others, you ain't got time to be worrying about how good or bad you are because you're in your why. What are your core values? Are you aligning with them? And the more you align with those core values, the more this imposter stuff goes away. Because as Marianne Williamson says, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking. So that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we're liberated from our fear, our presence automatically liberates. Others. Powerful. That is so powerful. Because as I said, imposter syndrome, the big I S, what is I S? Is. And what is is? Is means to be. To be. So the six one, focus on others. Two, remember who you are. You are a powerful being of light. Three, lean into the unknown because that is where all of the greatness is. Four, stop comparing. We are all here for our part, our dharma, what we are meant to do. Five, allow your feelings. Don't ignore this. Only persist. And six, remember your why. Connect to it every single solitary day. because. When you move through this imposter syndrome, that is when you are truly in service. And a little reminder, imposter syndrome is, I-S, can be transmuted into B. So just B. And that, my friends, is how to move through imposter syndrome. If something resonated for you today, DM me at TheNickDemus on Instagram. Love chatting on Instagram with all y'all, all All y'all. That was very Oklahoma. Love it. And please go and subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review so we can spread this word to more people because that's how it works. Thank you so much for tuning in. Go out there, overcome imposter syndrome, and be.